You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. tried to imitate that fish at the end of their live performance. What? Intentionally? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he totally just got Mike Patton, got on the ground and just started flipping around like he was a fish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm like, you know, there are some things that translate uh, from the video to the live performance. <laughs> like Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation with JGL. Mm, mm-hmm. um, that, that translated. That was oh, pretty good. I still good. haven't seen that yet. Have you not? No. No, I, I thought I was the last person ever to check it out. I love that guy and I love most of the things he does. Actually, you know, I'm starting to fall in love a little bit with him. Why? Between that is and... too much? No, he's got this Netflix series where he comes off a little fake, and then there's that commercial where everyone's like singing along, and it's up with him, and I, I'm starting to get like a like, real like serious serial killer serial killer vibe hipster, from him. Hipster Joel strikes again. Oh, Everybody else likes JGL. Whatever. So I've got to like somebody else now. No, I, I think I'm just saying, I'm, I'm saying be careful. Be Joey careful, Lawrence. Joe Lev. Joey Lawrence is his next one. <laughs> he has to keep it in the Joes. Just Joey saying. Lawrence. I'm going to reserve judgment until I see the Seth Rogen movie with Anthony Mackie. Oh my god, it looks uh, funny as shit. It does, man. it does. It looks so good. We'll find out. Uh, we'll see. We'll find out. Just no, saying, Seth Rogen. No, no spoilers. He doesn't have a very good track record with the uh, Christmas movies. Alright, Joel. Yes, Seth Joe. Rogen versus Joe Rogan. How does it go down? Uh, they smoke a lot of pot, first of all. And then uh, Joe Rogan tries to get Seth Rogen in a uh, sensory deprivation tank. Uh, that doesn't go like, well. Like Daredevil? <laughs> in, in a Daredevil movie? <laughs> That's right. Well, he just he just starts spouting the, the benefits of... Uh, it's, you're, it's like a whole new level of consciousness. <laughs> like when you're in that tank, you're not thinking about anything else but yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't do his laugh. I can't do Seth Rogen's laugh. I've been trying to, uh, been trying to imitate it. Yeah. Working on it. You see any good movies Gotta lately? Gotta be stoned. Oh, what did I see this weekend? Uh, no, because I saw the Hunger Games movie. So. <laughs> so it wasn't very good. Nope, did not see any good movies wow. this weekend. And then followed up with the movie we're about to watch. Or did, we're they, about to talk uh, about. did they? Did they have any footage with Philip Seymour Hoffman in it? They did. Oh my God! It's okay. So they they did something where it's like, what else can you do except for this? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, we'll, we'll let it go. Everybody knows he died, and he was supposed to be a major player in the movie in the plot until the very end. Yeah. Um, but instead of him delivering this speech, which was clearly supposed to be delivered by that character, uh, Woody Harrelson reads a letter. From that character, <laughs> and basically says, "Here's what this what Pl- Plutarch heavens heavens be whatever the fuck that guy's name is supposed to say," and then reads it. I'm pretty sure it didn't sound like that at all. I'm pretty sure it sounded like this. Here's a letter, yeah. that I've got <laughs> a little bit. Uh, a lot of teeth sucking, <laughs> yeah. a lot of brushing the, his own uh-huh. hair out of his face. Uh, he says in this letter, "Nut up or shut up." <laughs> <laughs> Love Tallahassee. But, okay, so I was fine with that because it's like. Fine, we still get the point. It's it's coming from that character's voice. But then they had a little CG, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. CG Hoffman in a final shot, which was obviously not him. Uh-huh. I don't understand why you can't. Ju- why you couldn't? All, it wasn't like he was delivering lines or doing a very specific motion. He was like standing, staring at a camera while somebody else delivered a speech. You don't have any footage of him yeah. from the previous two movies that he was already like, in. Even like a, a screen just test, repurpose you it. Could have used exactly. Just use some footage from Mission Impossible the, Three. The pre-roll before the directors. <laughs> <laughs> they looked about the same, yeah. basically. Uh-huh. Just use the pre-roll when uh, before the director yells action. Use, use some footage of him camera. from the Big Lebowski. Slow it. Down. Exactly. Her life is in your hands, dude. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a great mashup. Uh, 
Brent is Plutarch Heavensby. Okay, I, I got another fantasy fight for you. Okay. Philip Seymour Hoffman versus Felicity Huffman. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, that's an unfair fight, seeing as how one is still... Actually, is she still alive? Uh, yeah, she is. Yeah, Her I guess. career, maybe not I so mean, much. she's she's married to, uh, to w- William yeah, H. Macy. William H. Macy. And that feel, it's like no pulse in that relationship at all. What if they tag team? Yeah, they, they seem <laughs> very low-key. I'd like to see them in a fight. <laughs> well, we've seen we've seen how William H Macy handles himself when dinosaurs attack. <laughs> he just uh, tucks his tail between his legs and swims. He mm-hmm. can swim now. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so there's that wow. latches. all over that's the place. A Jurassic Park three reference. This is the editing bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. Mine is Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies and sometimes make references and then immediately point out what we're referencing, <laughs> even though it's obvious. Uh, so yeah, we'll watch movies. And uh, then every week, come back here and talk about them with each other and with you, our amazing and lovely Editing Bay listeners. And uh, and this week, it's <laughs> what John Hughes movie did Joel want to watch this week? Damn it, I had no idea John Hughes. I even specifically passed over another film because I was like, nope, no more John Hughes. Can't do two in a row. Passover. Timely. Damn it. Speaking of Seth Rogen, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't do that. <laughs> It's somewhere in there. I'm working on it. I'll uh-huh. have it by the end of the episode. Yeah, but I had no idea that th- that this movie was written by John Hughes. I should have I should have seen it. But who would write the exact same movie set at the exact same time of year with the exact same types of characters? You know what? I'm glad that you bring that up because this movie, as I'm watching it, it reminded me of uh, a, a a little play called The Odd Couple, written by Neil Simon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we know. The Odd Couple. We know it was very successful. It spawned a TV show, a movie. Uh, there's even a very successful gender-switched version of the play. Hmm. Uh, and there was so much material in The Odd Couple that Neil Simon had to cut out that he ended up using that material and made another play called The Star-Spangled Girl with it. Oh, interesting. This movie feels <laughs> like The Star-Spangled Girl to John Hughes' Plain Strains and Automobiles. It's all the leftover it's stuff. all the leftover stuff. Yeah. From the that road trip movie, uh, except they just had to change it from two strangers to a man and his soon to be stepson. Yeah, throwing a little child endangerment and some gunplay. Uh, yeah, some <laughs> some some horrible and dark things happening throughout this entire movie. Yeah, and I don't know if that's just because of who I am now. I remember really loving this movie. In fact, when you said that we were going to watch it, very surprised. I, was like, I love Dutch. Yeah. I can't wait to watch this. It's obviously been quite a few years since I've watched this movie, <laughs> yes. because my feelings towards it have changed dramatically. Well, I would hope so, yes, along with the rest of the uh, the critics, which I have it at 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Audiences still have it at 64%, really? so I wouldn't blame you too much if you uh, hadn't changed your tune, but... Uh, no, I have. Yeah, difficult to defend this movie. Yeah, that, well, part of the problem with this movie, and just to give you a, a quick summary of Did what this movie is... say what the name of the movie is? Dutch. Okay. We watch Dutch. And it has nothing to do with Schwarzenegger's character in Predator. Or Ovens. You son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ovens. Yeah, or, or, or uh, wooden clogs. Yeah, clogs? I love clogs. Yeah? Clogging? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a Tenacious D reference. Oh, okay. You like clogging? Uh, all right, so yeah, it's about this guy uh, named Dutch, mm-hmm. and he's dating this Joe Beth Williams. Uh, I can't remember what her name is off the top of my head. Uh, and... Oh. She's, you know, she's got a, a son, a son she had with a, her previous relationship, her previous husband, mm-hmm. uh, who's played by Christopher McDonald, who never plays a good guy no. in, in any movies. Poor guy. Like, he's never played. And and honestly, like, I can only think of two movies where seeing Christopher McDonald's name in it 
didn't make me go, oh, shit. <laughs> because, like, that dude is usually, like, a death knell for whatever movie you're about to watch. Unless the, it's the Iron Giant yes. or Happy Gilmore. I was just going to say, one of them's got to be an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. It's thank you for calling out the Iron Shooter Giant. Shooter McGavin. Although still playing basically the same character in the Iron Giant. Yeah. An unlikable uh, antagonist. Right, but it works within oh, the yeah. context of the script. I think Christopher McDonald is a stronger voice actor than yeah. he is an actual actor. I could see that. Uh, he's, got a, he's got a face that's easy to hate. I would say he must work cheap. The, oh, what guy. he must work cheap because he's been a steady worker. He's worked consistently. Yeah, it's just actor. that most of his movies that he's in, like he does not have a discerning like. Uh, you know what? No, I'm gonna pass. He's well, his whole career has kind of been what De Niro's been for the past like ten years. Interesting. Where that De Niro does not like pick and choose his scripts anymore. He's just like, I need a few bucks. What? Let me go ahead and do this movie now. Yeah. What's uh what are what are uh Jennifer Lawrence and what's his name up to? Bradley Cooper. Yeah, Bradley Cooper. Like that was the last Coat good Tales. movie that he's done. It'll probably be the next good movie that he's done yeah, too. That's Have you true. seen that, that trailer for no, Joy? I haven't. No. I'm, I'm ex- what is it? David O. Russell. That's David O. Russell or uh, director's name. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh I'm reserved judgment, but they're 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 batting two for two, right? Right. Really? American uh, Hustle and uh, I didn't like American Hustle. You know what? I still haven't finished it yet. I started I watching like, it on a plane and I had to turn off. The I last didn't like minutes. that movie at all. Yeah, I was no. digging it. That movie felt like uh, it felt like David O. Russell just got all of his buddies in a room. Yeah, and was like, "Okay, do your thing," and like didn't direct them at all. That movie's a mess. It it really is a mess. It, it's very inconsistent. Um, hmm. I didn't I didn't enjoy it. All right, love. Loved uh, Silver Linings Silver Playbook. Playbook. That was really Loved good. that movie. That was surprising. I went into that feeling like I was getting dragged to a movie. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, shit. That was actually really... It hit all the buttons, man. Exactly, yeah. I feel, uh, I feel happy. I feel sad. I feel a little uh, despondent. Uh-huh. I feel turned on. Yeah. Watching J-Lo and her... Uh, J-Law. J-Law. Not J-Lo. Although, <laughs> J-Lo apparently did a nice little uh, number on the the AMAs last night. Well, Everybody's not Let's talking not about. We're not no, going to go there. I didn't watch it. I didn't even realize we were on. That's how hipster I am. I can play that card. <laughs> so Dutch. Dutch. Uh, so this guy has to go to this prep school in, where is he, in Georgia? Mm, it, yeah, it is somewhere in the in, in, in the south. Like Georgia, Tennessee or something like that. He goes and he picks the up Carolinas. this kid from a prep school mm-hmm. uh, because the, he's supposed to, the, Doyle, mm-hmm. the little boy, uh, I get them confused. Well, yeah. And then they he mispronounces his name throughout like the entire movie. Not not Doyle, but Dutch mispronounces Doyle's name throughout the entire movie. Oh, that's true. Calls yeah. him Dale. Adding more to the confusion. Oh, yeah. And Dutch's last name is Dooley. So we yeah. got Dutch, Dooley, and Doyle. Uh-huh. It's it's like the uh <laughs> it's like it's like the it's like the 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 pet boys. <laughs> Dutch Dooley and Doyle, the pet boys. I was going to say uh, uh nephews. What are their kids' Mc, names? Louie Dewey and It's Scrooge McDuck, not whatever. McScrooge. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Huey Dewey and Louie. That's breakfast. Yes. <laughs> yes it what is. Have some hash browns and, and McScrooge. I like the McScrooge. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and biggie size that. <laughs> Remember when they said biggie size? I do remember that yeah, now remember that you mentioned that. Yeah. They, they, they invented that, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They also invented the dollar menu. Uh-huh. That's America. I'm loving it. All right. So, Doyle, yeah. Dutch. Doyle, Dooley. Dutch. He goes and he picks up this kid from prep school, mm-hmm. and and then it's a road movie trying oh, to yeah. get from Georgia back to Chicago. I, I didn't enjoy the trip. I didn't enjoy the ride at all. <laughs> it's the entire movie. And yeah. the problem with this movie, why I, you know, we we ended up summarizing it, but the point I was trying to immediately get to was mm-hmm. there's no sympathetic character in this movie. I don't sympathize for anyone. You don't sympathize for uh, for Dutch? For no. Ed O'Neill? No, because Aww. he's kind of a jerk off. 
He's he's a little bit of a jerk off. He's an everyman. He, but he's kind of a jerk off. What does he do that's that's uh, negative to people? Well, I mean, he negatively he, impacts? he kind of in he he keeps egging the kid on. Like he egg, he eggs this Doyle kid on over and over hey, and over again. He, he drew first blood. He may have drew, but he's the adult. So stop acting like a fucking child. But I think he does a pretty good job. Actually, that, that's one of the um, uh, the saving qualities I think of this movie is uh, I liked Ed O'Neill. I thought he was equal parts adult trying to trying to befriend this kid that he knows might be his stepson at some point because he's going to propose to the mama. That's yeah. the plan. We all know that's coming. Uh, so, but but whenever he gets out of hand. He he's he is the lone voice of reason in this movie. I don't know. Yeah, you don't think so? Uh, not 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 a hundred percent. Absolutely not a hundred percent. Early on, I think so. Uh, really sweet, and he buys the fireworks, and he's setting them off. And okay, he's trying to get him involved. All right, let's let's talk about fireworks for just a second. Yeah. Watching fireworks go off in a movie yeah. is about as exciting as watching someone play Guitar Hero in a movie. Like that, that is that, true. That fireworks sequence reminded me of that Vince Vaughn movie, uh, Couples Retreat, mm. where there's this big like. Uh, this big climax where he plays Guitar Hero against like another guy in the movie, and it goes on forever. Or when Neil Patrick Harris plays Guitar Hero in the Smurfs movie, and it's just like you just sit there for like five, six minutes, thinking, "What the fuck? Like this isn't fun. It's fun to play Guitar Hero yeah. with your buddies. It's not fun watching it on a movie like that. It does not translate. Fireworks don't. You don't get the 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 feel of scope." You don't no. get the the entire explosion taking up your peripheral. And I and I felt bad for Ed O'Neill. Like at some point while watching yeah. the sequence, I'm like, I feel bad not for his character. I felt bad for the actor that Ed O'Neill because it yeah. looked like it, it looked like he was miserable filming that sequence. Here's a question: Would this movie have been any better had John Hughes directed, taken the helm of his own script? I don't know because I'm pretty sure there were a few moments that John Hughes did direct, mm. uh, and those few moments were actually kind of funny. Yeah, what are you... Uh, where, where they're at the diner, and Doyle looks to left and right, and he sees the one guy, and he's, like, chewing. He's gnawing on a bone. Mm-hmm. And then he looks over, and there's the old lady, and she's, like, smiling at yep. him, and she's got that cigarette with, like, the ashes <laughs> all the way up. Yeah. That's John Hughes. Like, it feels like, even visually, feels like how John mm-hmm. Hughes would shoot a film. Mm-hmm. It, it, it echoed some of the stuff that we saw in 16 Candles. And then when Doyle's in the bathroom, and there's that old man, and he's cleaning up his armpits, and he looks over at him, and he's like, hungry for that Thanksgiving yeah. turkey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That feels like John Hughes. I get that. And those moments felt so uncharacteristic of the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, they were clearly funnier and a little bit more skillfully just shot and timed than the rest of the movie was. Are you saying the director of Crocodile Dundee uh, doesn't hold a candle to no, uh, no. John Hughes? That's exactly what I'm saying. Oh, I'm, like ex- I'm saying that. Uh, no, th- I was I was seriously, I was bored, and I think a lot of that boredom came from the fact that I really didn't know who the hell the protagonist of this movie was. Well, clearly it's Dutch. I, it, felt, but, I felt But Dutch for. doesn't really go through as significant a change as Doyle does. No, true, but he but he leads him on that journey. Does he? he? He's he's the whipping boy uh, for he's the catalyst that allows Doyle to change. If you in fact believe that he did, uh, that that's one of the major points for me. This this kid, played by Ethan Embry, we should say. I had no idea when I Ethan chose this Randall movie. Ethan Randall at the time. That's right. Why did he change his name? Did I don't you know? know, but like he's alliteration. Little Mark from Empire Records. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and and uh, I don't remember the character's name. We're from Can't Hardly Wait. Yeah. The kind of spastic, lovable doofus. Uh huh. And in here, he's just like a. F- I just. I fucking hated this kid, Joe. I fucking wanted to fucking. And that's, if there's one thing I don't suffer. It's it's movies with deplorable children in them. Uh uh uh. uh what was the one with John Ritter? Problem child. Problem child. Home alone. 
Oh, I wouldn't put those in the same category. <laughs> I would. Kevin was a little shit in Home Alone. He was, but he but he he had to grow up. He he learned he was being a, a child. He became an adult. He became a man in that yeah. movie. Deleted scene. So what happened in Home Alone Two? Uh, what yeah, what you'd, happened? You'd Where, how the, did uh, his journey continue? Uh, oh oh well, we're not talking about Home Alone Two. <laughs> I, I can't defend that piece of shit. Uh, no, that's I'm with you on that. I cannot stand. Uh, I I can't stand just little shits like this in oh, this yeah. movie. And the fact that I think one of the things that really frustrated me, God, my phone will not just stay still on my wallet. Uh, one of the things that the frustrated me, wallet. not really, <laughs> it is it is the map from The Legend of Zelda. Though. I love that wallet, man. Uh, it's, it's really cool. Like it, it makes me look like some hot shit when I'm at the bar and I go, how much is that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> let me get. <laughs> That's what you call a panty dropper, right there. <laughs> let me get this. Women here Velcro. <laughs> uh, it's like pheromones just released. Well, I, I changed wallets. My wallet was falling apart, mm. and I still had this one because this is relevant to our movie discussion. <laughs> uh, but I want to get one of those. Uh, they, this, there's this Agent of Shield wallet <laughs> that has, has like RF protection on it. Oh, uh, nice. but it looks like so the government can't see you what you're doing. It looks like a badge. And I have that Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. ID that I got when they did the Marvel tour. Oof. And I'm like, oh, well, that would be kind of cool to have like yeah. my, my Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. ID in this wallet and stuff. And I can't find the ID. Somehow I see that ending badly. Why? It was some trigger-happy uh, cop who uh, <laughs> thinks you're trying to be smart and uh, mistakes you for... For an Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Sleeper cell or something. I, I, I lean in and go, Hail Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> All they do is see a badge and it's like red to a bull. Yeah. They just draw. Oh, I thought you said badge. I've seen videos. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Seeing red. <laughs> Only once a month, though. Oh, God. <laughs> you are disgusting. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, can't, I can't recover I, from that. I can't recover from well, it. Let's talk about how horrible this child get, is again. I can't get enthusiastic about this movie. No, it's going to be difficult to talk about, which is why well, we'll probably talk about other things. So I apologize in advance for, for picking this movie, but I, I thought people liked it. You said yourself you liked it. I loved it when I was a kid. I remember really liking this movie. I remember Ed O'Neill being... Yeah. Far more funny in this movie than he was when I watched it today. That's the thing too. Like the the themes are a little more adult because there's a lot of child psychology going on here. You know, this kid, the, as awful as he is, and he's fucking awful. Uh, you you, they try to paint that he's he's a victim, right? Uh-huh. His father's made him this way. His father's pitted him against him and his mother. He says that several times. My mom didn't try to save the marriage. Mom didn't try to save the marriage. I'll fucking smack that kid. His eyes were opened by a hooker. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, as as uh, a lot of young young men are of that's that right. age, that's right. Yeah, a little uncomfortable there too. Uh-huh. So so the the topics were kind of heady, and and then we have the these topics frat were heady, Paul. but the the the, the way the the approach mm-hmm. did not match. Yeah, it, it didn't it didn't match the okay the theme we're going for is this, but the approach was still juvenile. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, it's fucking Ed O'Neill falling down and his shoe, and his shoe hitting him in the face and his pants and split, pants rip, and I'm, no, why what. I, I, you get the feeling that oh, we got to try to keep the younger kids' attention. Like this was a Thanksgiving family movie. Mm-hmm. All the all, the whole family's coming out, so we need something for dad. We need something for mom. This is a perfect example of trying to please everyone and in the process yeah. pleasing no one. Yeah. Uh, the the thing that really frustrated me was the fact that like Doyle kept getting it over on Dutch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it gets to the point where it's it's like. It pisses me off right. watching this movie. I know. Where I'm like, okay, there's no balance right now to the relationship between these two. You know, what What you get when you do, like, a, a, a road trip movie or a buddy cop movie, mm-hmm. you have to have a balance 
with what's going on here. Okay, this one's smarter than the other one, yeah. but this one's stronger than the other one, mm-hmm. but they both bring their skills together and somehow, you know, they 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 find their common ground yep. and and they become they start to understand one another and then they use their unique abilities mm-hmm. to finally get us to the goal, to get us to the third act. That doesn't really happen in this no. movie. And in fact, this one like you okay, so <laughs> I mean, they threw in some weird scene with like two guards in a truck stop. Okay, we're going to have to dissect that one here in a bit because yeah. there's all sorts of wrong going on there. But uh, yeah, he doesn't even really, Dutch doesn't really even have the smarts, like the, the streetwise age-savvy wisdom. Uh-huh. Um, he, he's totally uh, uh, bamboozled by those hookers the same way Doyle is. You yeah. expect it from a nine-year-old boy. Right? Um, I mean, I, I, is money stolen? Gets the, who's, it's, it's, well, who, keeps your wa- who keeps their wallet in their <laughs> jacket pocket? I know. You keep that shit right here, right there in the in the back. Yeah, rub so that, that ass way, too. Dottie from Pee Wee's Big Adventure can't. Is that who that money. was? It sure is. I was trying to place her, and I was like, uh-huh. she's kind of got a, a a Bridget Fonda thing going on, but Bridget Fonda ain't that busty. No, and she was also in like two seasons ago. She was on The Voice. <laughs> she was a contestant as a on contestant. The, uh-huh, yeah. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so sad. Yeah. She no, I know, oh, I know. Okay. E.G. Daly, oh. she's got a huge career as a voiceover actress, but she was on The Voice, like she was a contestant on The Voice, trying to get like a record deal. I'm like, well, what the fuck? Like you've, I'm sure you've got connections. Interesting. It's you were bad. in Pee Wee's Big Goddamn Adventure. <laughs> she burned all of her bridges with this movie. <laughs> ha! <laughs> uh, no, so I got pissed off watching like. Watching this little kid punch out Ed O'Neill. Like, after wrecking a car and, like, endangering people's lives. And this kid still got over. Like, he got over. And and it's almost... I don't know how else to describe it, Joel. It's like... This is going to be so dumb. It's like watching... Tom and Jerry and getting sick of seeing Jerry get it over on Tom all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it like, should be fun, yeah. except that you're you're rooting for the Roadrunner when the uh, Roadrunner does it, because uh-huh. he's just going along his, his you know business. What? I, after a while, started rooting for the Coyote. I'm a Coyote th- sympathizer. Yeah. Because I get sick. I get sick of seeing, because Roadrunner has no personality. From yeah. what we see in the cartoon, Roadrunner has no personality, whereas the Coyote has a very distinct personality, oh, yeah. and we actually spend more time with him mm-hmm. in those cartoons which makes us empathize more with him. He's a hungry fucking coyote. He just yeah. wants to eat, he's man. Got blueprints. He's got plans. Maybe if the Roadrunner would stop fucking just running around and making like and tricking him, find some fucking food. If you don't want to be eaten, run somewhere and find some food for the coyote and bring it back. Maybe you guys could be buddies or just play some basketball. Just adapt. The coyote has to has to give in and realize that maybe the fastest bird isn't what you should be eating as yeah. prey. Maybe move something a little slower. Well, Joel, Chickens. you know, Ricky Ticky Tavi. I don't speak. I don't speak. I don't speak jive. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> Ricky Ticky Tavi. Uh, it's uh, a mongoose. Their natural enemy is a cobra. Ah. And so, like, some t- I guess the Roadrunner and the Coyote are like natural enemies. Mm-hmm. So you can't. <laughs> why would you do a perverted laugh? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm amused by that. <laughs> uh, uh, so what is this movie that we watched? Uh, it's this called Dutch is <laughs> Dutch Oven. Uh-huh. Uh huh. No, yeah, you're right, and especially that scene with the car where, and I felt like it was kind of going to come to a head where Dutch was finally going to have enough and sit him down and he kind of does he starts to but every time he does that every time he starts to talk sense into him uh-huh, and be d- the adult the responsible adult they diffuse it they completely something happens they defeat their own purpose yeah a little Ethan Embry will whip out his karate skills and take him down and like dude you're fucking six foot two this kid sweep the leg Johnny yeah like you know do that move where you put your palm on the top of his head you can swing away but mm-hmm. you got you got arm length 
on him. That's true. Yeah, it's very frustrating. Uh, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't like when they go to the uh, the homeless shelter. I have a big problem when Rose yeah. from Lost starts giving yes. him starts giving Doyle the pep talk mm-hmm. about like you trying to find your mother. Right. It's okay. You'll make it. I'm like, okay, wait. This kid's like a millionaire. Yeah, he, I, I have a big problem with homeless lady giving millionaire, you know, spoiled little rich kid the pep talk. No, but Joe, he don't still you hasn't made himself a sympathetic character for me to care one bit about. I know that's the thing. That's her trying to bring some humanity because he just sees the blue collar workers. That's one of the themes. Like they're, you know, they're not real people. We're the. It's it. He, he's an elitist mm-hmm. and and understood. He's a, a spoiled little rich kid. Um, and so that was the. That was the attempt of the filmmakers to try to show. Oh, look, he he's he's coming to terms with these aren't just numbers and faces. These are, these are actual people. But uh, that's too heavy a, a theme to th- throw into a, a, a movie saying. for kids. And wh- and he, I, I don't buy that he's in that headspace. I don't buy that he's that emotionally sophisticated uh-huh. to have the turn that he has, which for me happens far too quickly. And I still don't even quite far too quickly. He doesn't catalyst. have that turn until like there's 20 minutes left in the movie. I that's and it all starts to wrap up very quickly. Joe, I was and it's only an hour and 47 minutes, but it's, that is an hour and the, 44 minutes, way too long. <laughs> the problem with uh, you needed three less minutes. Is that what you're saying? No, I, I, I said oh, it, it should have been three minutes long. It, it should have just been three minutes long. Why three minutes? Because. Because she dusts. <laughs> <laughs> she, well, she's off on... It, it's Friday right it's now. Friday. <laughs> so Monday. She has the weekend off. So Monday. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, that's the problem with with these road trip movies. Because it's just a series of, and then this happened, and then this happened. And each 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 occurrence is supposed to... By nature, that's what the road trip sure, movie is. But what is your favorite... Besides not taking planes, oh, trains, automobiles fuck. out of it... What is the the next best road trip movie in your opinion? Hmm. The Road to El Dorado. <laughs> DreamWorks Animation. Are you fucking 2001. kidding? 2001. No. Um, gosh, you put me on a... Uh, how about Road Trip? Yeah? You like Road Trip? Road Trip's great. Road Trip is actually road trip a very good movie. Road Trip is fucking hilarious. Yeah. No, that's really good. That's that's a good call. It's right there in the title. <laughs> that's why I was able to recall it. I'm really surprised. What about you? you? The Guilt Trip. No. No. Jesus. no. <laughs> oh, God. No. Uh... I think uh, if I couldn't go with planes, trades, and automobiles, and mm-hmm. I couldn't go with road trip, um, I don't know. A vacation, National Lampoon's Vacation, okay, is in. And the it's thing not really is, really a buddy comedy, though. No, but it's a road trip movie. Yeah, and and the thing is, they do the same thing where it's it's in its own way. It is a bunch of and again written by John Hughes. God damn it! Uh, it's a bunch of vignettes that are kind of strung together. It's a bunch of different circumstances strung together to make a movie. Yeah. And the thing is, they flow into each other really well because you have that common theme. You've got Clark Griswold, mm-hmm. and he loves his family, and he's just trying to get his family. He's, he's, he, all of this is just to get his family to Wally World. But he suffers. It's almost like fucking Homer's Odyssey. Comedy affairs. Where he's facing all these different challenges that are keeping him from his destination. And it doesn't at any point... At no point in this movie, even in the fact that they fucking dragged, theoretically dragged a dog behind them yes. with the car, oh, that wow. still doesn't make you hate the character for doing it. Oh, no. Like, because he's such a lovable loser, they've established that character really well. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall, also in that movie. <laughs> so if we want to <laughs> connect the John Hughes dots a little bit more. Wow, yeah. Um, that's incestuous. So, no, I, that's what a road movie needs to be. Mm-hmm. 
you need to have clear-cut characters. You need to establish what the conflict is and then address that and only that throughout mm-hmm. the rest of this movie. Yes. We don't need these other things on the periphery. We don't need the whole, like, well, you know, your dad doesn't like... Like, we started at a fucking dinner party where oh, everyone treats Joe Beth Williams, who plays Doyle's mother, they treat her like shit. Like a pariah. Why even invite her? Why are you even inviting her to this dinner party if you don't yeah. fucking want her there? Is that de rigueur for, like, your ex, to, to invite your ex-wife to a big dinner party yeah, that don't. you're going to throw? I'm really impressed that you pulled out that thesaurus. And you're like, <laughs> That's my one for this week. What's uh, what's bad form in one word? <laughs> de rigueur. <laughs> Well, I can't it's use my, Cinema Verite It's anymore. my Cinema Verite to you. <laughs> Derigueur is my favorite cheese, by the way. <laughs> Get that with a nice... You know, with some, some Gruyere, uh, a, nice, a red wine. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. A little Pinot. Um, the, the problem with these movies... <laughs> That's what I used to call my penis. The Pinot. <laughs> <laughs> little Pino. Pino, Pino, Pino Grigio. <laughs> Pino Grigio. Ew. Ew. Um, <laughs> because that's like a Star Wars character. <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy that was sitting in the corner. Yeah, that's right, next to a salacious crumb. Look, Pino uh, salacious crumb wasn't in the cantina scene. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I do that every time when I'm talking about a, oh, uh, most Isley. No, not most Isley. What do I use? <laughs> what? Most Espa? No. Cinema Verite. <laughs> no, there's, <laughs> a, there's a character. Oh, Ord Mandel. I always think Ord Mandel's a character. It's a no, fucking it's a, it's location. A place. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that now. That bounty hunter and Ord Mandel changed my mind. I thought Ord Mandel was the bounty hunter. <laughs> Bad Star Wars fan. In Soviet Russia, <laughs> Ord Mandel <laughs> is the bounty hunter. But so with the with these movies that you just talked about, you know, the, yes, there's got to be a progression, and you can't reset. It's yeah. You talk about having that flow. Yeah, it, it's I'm I'm fine with the series of, of unfortunate events, but you can't oh, regress the characters, it. and it's like every time. We go through a scene, like the fireworks scene. Uh-huh. I feel like that kind of that should have been in the second act, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, when he's starting to come around because Doyle's having fun and he's kind of appreciating the effort he's going through, and then right back it just hits the reset button. He's uh-huh. back to being a little dick. Yeah. It's like how time. many times can we have this back and forth? And it, it, it's jarring. That's why it's, it's unbelievable jarring. when he finally kind of comes around. Like what? What changed this time? Oh, uh-huh. because you talked to a, a, a homeless person. Because he gave a little girl some bread. Yeah. It's like what? And then I love Ed O'Neill like leans over and he goes, "That was really nice." It's like, yeah, I know, asshole. Like, <laughs> you don't have to explain with your John Hughes writing. You don't have to explain through your dialogue <laughs> what just happened. What do you have? <laughs> you, you were taking a breath like you were about to bring something Because up. I was trying to think of what the line was from 16 Candles, where she's like, my, I can't believe my grandmother just groped me. Or my gra- I can't believe my grandmother just felt me up. Uh, that's what it was. Uh, so let's talk about that scene with the cops. Because this does happen near the end, I uh-huh. guess we're, they're, 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 they have a budding relationship now, and they're they're coming to an understanding. There's still some turmoil ahead of them. Haven't quite reached their destination, but they've already they've already been fucked over by the hookers, right? Yeah. Um, and now they're in a situation where, um, what are they? Are they trespassing? Why are they trespassing? Because they they hitched a ride on the back of a truck without the driver knowing. That's they right. They were in those concrete rings or mm-hmm. whatever, and then they got out and. They're like, where are we? Well, I don't know. Let's see if we can find a guard and we yep. can ask them. And then we, you know, smash cut to them getting kicked out. Uh, and then Ethan Embry did not like the way that they were being treated. And so mm-hmm. he just like, God, this fucking phone, man. <laughs> just let it go. I can't, man. Let it go. I can't. Don't so uh, back anymore. So, no, Ethan Embry goes and he decides, like, I don't like the way we're being treated. Mm-hmm. We're, we're being treated. I could sue you for this. Oh, uh, yeah. That just makes me hate him even more. Yeah, the yeah. Fact yeah. That, that, that's the other thing, too. This kid 
still is re- even in the third act here, like or, or we're getting to the third act, is still resorting to uh, threatening uh, litigation, yeah, or violence, yeah. Like and he's gonna be everything is solved with violence in this movie, and and this scene we're about to talk about is kind of the epitome of that, uh-huh. uh huh. Which cops. comes out of nowhere. This scene comes no. out of nowhere. Serves no purpose. This is this is the jumping the shark within Dutch. So there's a couple of rent cops, I guess, right? Uh-huh. Security guards. Uh, I guess they don't carry guns back in 1980, whatever this was, 1991. I guess not. They just have nightsticks. They have their, their billy, and billy they, clubs. And they, just, they beat the shit out of Ed O'Neill. Yeah, they do. They're just, uh, it's like a, a Reginald Denny sort of situation. Yeah. Guys on the ground. I loved him in Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Joe, you're mistaken. That's, that's not what I was talking about. That's bad form. Take it back. Um, <laughs> so he's he's uh, they're beating him, and this is again when Ethan mm. Embry decides he's gonna he gets his like super yeah. mojo power, yeah, and uh, does like a wrestling move up against the chain link fence, uh-huh. like throws himself and, and catapults like, himself, yeah. and then somehow levitates like six feet in the air <laughs> to karate kick in the face. This this cop who is not a short man. This were, isn't Danny DeVito. Were this you is, expecting the cops to like just completely like? Like deflect whatever he was about to do, uh, or and open th- fire. I was hoping at that point, one of them had a concealed handgun. It would just take Doyle out and see his lifeless corpse That's drop right. to the ground. The end. It's just me, though. Yeah, it's the director's <laughs> cut. That's the John Hughes cut. <laughs> and then, he and he ends up tying him back up to that hockey stick, and <laughs> like a la, a la Return of the Jedi. Yeah, uh, but uh, but in that scene, um, he he's so uh, okay. So Dutch comes up with his idea. When he has his, he's got his his fake gun, right? That's uh-huh. his little BB gun, his pellet gun, his pellet yeah. gun. The cops don't know this though. Cops uh, have hands raised, and uh, and so now Dutch is trying to communicate with Doyle and uh, tell him act like you're crazy. Remember that ki- we don't want you to kill again. We don't want you to get out of control. Yeah, and then it escalates. tell the voices you've killed. Yes, and then it escalates into him talking about killing the entire family of the cops. Yeah. He's like, "You shouldn't have said that." Now I've got to kill your entire family. Like, whoa, really? Yeah, it gets it gets dark. It gets dark fast. Seems inappropriate, and it's not funny. It's no, not, no, it's, it's not it's, funny it's, at all. It's really disturbing. Uh, you know, that's <laughs> and that that's kind of uh, what you could you could point the finger at like throughout the entire movie, where you're like, "Well, of course this kid remained a shit." Yeah. Because nobody knew how to treat his fucking psychosis. Yes. Uh, like, he 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 fucking takes a lit cigar and throws it in Ed O'Neill's crotch. That's right. And I feel like, okay, this is the time where we go, fuck this road trip thing. We're going to hop a plane and we're going to just go home. Yeah. We'll, we'll handle this later. Or you're riding in the trunk. <laughs> yes. That's what Dutch would have done. Ed O'Neill throws the fucking jacket, the kid's jacket out into the, into the, the wilderness or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then tells him, he's like, oh my God. You know what? You can walk the rest of the way. The hotel's up this road about 50 miles. Yeah. And drives the fuck off. Because okay. the best way to handle a, a troubled youth with abandonment <laughs> issues is to fucking <laughs> abandon him on the side of a goddamn highway. And really leaving him for dead. Yeah. 50 miles. I, I did the math, Joel. Thank you. <laughs> the average length of time it takes someone to walk 50 miles mm-hmm. Is twelve hours? Yeah, it's already middle of the night. <laughs> as it, it's there's snow on the ground, kids yeah. freezing. You can see the breath. Coming and he out of makes his mouth. stops. He stops at like a phone booth. Yeah, yeah. And so like it's not like he's continuously walking that mm-hmm. entire time. Mm-hmm. Twelve hours is the average. <laughs> why would you? Why would you write that into a script? Why don't you say two miles up the road? Yeah, that seems a little more even plausible. if you're exaggerating. Even if you're just exaggerating that like it's fifty miles that way. Mm-hmm. Even if you're fucking exaggerating. It's not going to read as well on in film no. as it is 
And unless they fix it with some dialogue. When, yeah. Doyle, when, when Doyle gets back to the hotel and he's pissed off and Dutch says, lighten up. It was only about three miles. Yeah, you know? exactly. Something like that. So that way, that way we're not stuck on the whole, did he really fucking leave that kid for 50 fucking miles? <laughs> so many things could have happened. Yeah. Uh, wild coyotes. A, a fucking drunk driver could have just swerved off the side of the fucking road and yeah. ran into him. Yeah, exactly. How do you explain that to yeah. Kind of hard to... Uh, Sorry, Connie. You're fucking... I don't even think that's her name. Your fucking <laughs> son's dead. Meanwhile, by the way, will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> Joe Beth Williams. Yeah. Now, see... There was a part of me that felt like they needed to establish that relationship, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the Joe Beth Williams and Christopher McDonald characters. I kind of was more interested in knowing how did that fucking relationship end? Like, why did things fall apart the way that they did? Yeah. Uh, I kind of wish that we could have explored, like, you know, how was Christopher McDonald as a father, his yeah. interactions with Doyle before all this? You know, what... Is there is there anything? That's is the there problem. anything that's worthwhile in this guy? Because Joe Beth Williams, you'd like to think that she is the mother figure of this movie, mm-hmm. uh, and she is eventually the 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 one being the one person that in this film you're supposed to feel is like she's good, she's pure, she's good. Yeah. What did she see in this? She Christopher saw McDonald the good in everybody. Guy? Exactly. Yeah. I know. What did she see in him that made them? embark on this we're going to have a kid adventure and then to just do a, an entire 180 and now she's with this guy this yeah. kind of blue collar worker who's not really a looker not a charmer like i don't even even her own description of him at the beginning because yeah. the first scene we see her at when it's like the th- they're at the dinner party and there's the three older women who are, who are like judging her uh-huh um and she tries to break the ice by just laying out like to, to the exposition, expositing in, the entire in, in ten seconds. <laughs> Joe Beth Williams gives the entire exposition. Oh, of because the film. my husband divorced me, took my, half my money, and now ha- has custody of my child. It, it it's really just like she rattles it off. Oh like yeah. Um, but then uh, it it almost feels like Joel they didn't have any of these questions answered in the film. Like they realized, oh fuck, yeah, we haven't addressed any of this. Day one of shooting. Oh, we still need to film that dinner party scene. Let's go ahead and just have Joe Beth throw this stuff in <laughs> right. there, and then so the women, you know, they're they're a little uh, they're, they're they're shaken by that, and they say, "Oh well, well, where is your who are you who are you with now? Where is he?" And she says something like, "You'll know him when you see him." But <laughs> right, what the fuck is that? But it's not like in a what kind of way. It's kind is of he like the, fucking, the San Diego chicken, because <laughs> 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 that's pretty much the only thing I'll know when I see it. Like, right. oh shit, that's the San Diego fucking chicken. <laughs> but she's like not proud. She's not oh this great guy over here. <laughs> All to kind of set up this reveal, and he's this—he's got like a ripped up fucking jacket. Yeah, he's—he looks like Leisure Suit Larry. Yeah, he, he <laughs> does. And okay, you've got a dinner party. You're hosting several dozens of guests mm-hmm, at this mm-hmm. dinner party. Cocktail. Who's fucking locking the doors? Like the the fucking maid comes in and locks the door. Oh, that's how he gets locked in. There, that's right? how he gets yeah. locked out. He gets locked outside and has to go around. Who the fuck locks the doors? It's a fucking dinner party. People why, are coming in and out constantly. Why are you even cleaning right now? Yeah. Take the night off. Come back That's in the morning. That's true. That's a good you point. You shouldn't be here right because now. Because it's Friday now. Yeah. And she should have the weekend <laughs> off. <laughs> so Monday. She does. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's like it's it's almost like Joe Beth Williams doesn't even like Dutch. It's no. like, why are you with this guy? And why are you willing to uh, entrust your, your, your only... Uh, your only son, right? No kid, no other yeah, kids. No right? other kids. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, it, it that's the same thing. Oh God, wedding singer. Yeah, no, that's yeah. a movie. That is a movie. Wasn't Christopher McDonald in that as well? Didn't he play the fiance of Drew Barrymore? No, it, that was some other dude. What movie am I thinking of? Where you're thinking of Happy Gilmore? Where Christopher? Okay, well, who plays the fiance of Drew Barrymore? 
Uh, that's some young guy oh, who wow. wants to be like the Miami Vice. He's like really into Miami Vice and stuff. Okay, I could have uh, Christopher McDonald's way too old for them to try so, to make but him it's be that, Drew Barrymore's It's that type of fiance. character, though. He's kind of a meathead and he's, yeah. he's mean-spirited. Whatever, the point is... This is good. This I remember... Good and I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. So in The Wedding Singer, I remember um, it reflecting more on Drew Barrymore's character than yeah. it did on that guy. That this is the guy you've chosen this is to the one. marry? You've, this is the love of your life? You've well, said yes to this you guy? Could, I mean, going from Wedding Singer to Wedding Crashers, mm. you know, Rachel oh, McAdams. Yeah, same thing. And Bradley Cooper. Yes. Bradley Cooper's a complete fucking asshole. That's the th- yes. In that, even though I fucking love him in that movie, he's great. He's a complete that. asshole, though. Uh-huh. And you're like, what the fuck does that say about Rachel McAdams? Thank like, you. Yes. She fucking fell for this dude. At least in the Wedding Crashers, they play up the whole that it's been arranged. Like this is m- kind of more of an arranged marriage than than anything else. Like, sure. Th- at one point there was a spark, and now it's just a formality. Yeah. But still, uh, I don't know why scriptwriters don't take that into account. It's yeah. like uh, you're, yes, you're you're painting this guy as the antagonist, but uh, to the detriment of one of your main characters. Exactly. Uh, Especially if she's going to be the motivating factor for two of our characters by the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, kind of a zero in this movie. Joel, what at what point when shit goes completely fucking wrong, do you say, you know what, fuck it, let's just fucking let's get some cash wired to us. And fucking hop a fucking train. Why? Why did they? Why did they have to stop taking the bus? Yeah. By the way, and well, because they ran out of money, right? They got they got uh, lifted by the two hookers. No, no. This is before they got lifted by the two hookers. Oh yeah, because we find out at a certain point that he had two hundred dollars in his wallet. Yeah, and he could have the entire time. Uh-huh. But this is all part of some some bonding experiment. Right. But even if he gets the money lifted by the hookers, let's you know, mm-hmm. okay, let's take the bus thing out of it. Right. Even though, like. You, the child that you're responsible for gets fucking robbed on a bus, <laughs> and you don't fucking do anything about it. Like, and this this is ultimately why Dutch is not the protagonist in this movie mm-hmm. because he's a fucking idiot. Everything's just happened Every, to him. Well, not just that everything just happens to him, but okay, there's a time and place where if you want to fucking you know develop a, a kid's character, mm-hmm. if you want to teach a kid you know humility or t- you know develop something within him. You know, there's a time for that. But when you're fucking stranded in the middle of goddamn nowhere, yeah, in the middle of winter. Mode. Yeah, exactly. That's not the time. Someone's <laughs> entrusted you now with the safety of their child. Yeah. And it's probably within everybody's best interest that you get that kid back fucking home now. Yeah. All right. You know what? This didn't work out the way that I wanted it to. You know, we'll try to take another road trip when I take him back to school. And, you know, maybe maybe we'll work things out. But for fuck's sake, man, that you... You have got to fucking get this child home now. Yeah, rally. Stop thinking about your fucking pride that, like, I'm not going to call. I don't want to call your mother. <laughs> I just, I'll make my, you know what? I'm going to just break up with her. Yeah, that relationship's going to last. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe she's the antagonist. It's built on the foundations of violence. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? The, the end of the movie. <laughs> the very last shot. The very last bit of the movie. him dude, pointing no, a firearm. No, not fire just arm. that. Okay, okay. We're going to come back to that. <laughs> okay. But, like, Christopher McDonald's at the house. Yeah. And oh yes, and he's like, "I want you out of here." This is what I'm saying. And and, and Dutch follows him out of the house. Mm-hmm. Hey, let me talk to you. And for he's a like, bit. "Let me talk to you for a second. Um, and he's adjusting his pinky ring because mm-hmm. he told Christopher McDonald earlier in the movie, "If you ever hurt her, I'll hit you so hard your dog bleeds," which is fucking weird. Yeah, it's the uh, odd thing to say, but okay. And so then, like Christopher McDonald's being a dick mm-hmm. and trying to evict, you know, uh, the Do- uh, Doyle and his mother. Mm-hmm. Because Doyle has Doyle. now chosen to stay. Oh, Doyle rules. Uh, <laughs> he's chosen to stay with his mom. And so Ed O'Neill, like, grabs him by the tie and fucking 
hits him, like punches him in the skull yeah, with his fucking center. pinky ring, dents his skull with a fucking pinky ring. Mm-hmm. And like Christopher McDonald's like, oh no, okay, they get six months in the house. And oh, there's my car. No, like I, I am now ready for Dutch 2 uh, assault and battery. <laughs> exactly. Where yeah. Dutch now goes to jail and gets cornholed for about yeah. eight eight years. Well, first of all, yeah, because that guy loses his construction company. That guy's now concussed. Uh-huh. He has a concussion. He's slipping around. Clearly in no position to drive. Probably dies in an accident on the way home. <laughs> That's the sequel. Dutch Dutch goes to prison. Dutch oven. Now you get your <laughs> hey. Dutch oven. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's everything's everything ends in violence. But which you, is very un John Hughesian. Well, it's un John Hughesian, and it's completely it defeats the purpose of the fucking story. Of you, you know, you can't use violence to try to solve all your problems. You can't try to muscle people around so they do what you want them to do. Yeah, apparently, you can. Ed O'Neill doing that to Doyle's father is the physical equivalent of what Doyle's father was doing to Doyle and his mom by kicking them out of the house. It doesn't solve anything. It doesn't It doesn't build bridges. It doesn't build character. Uh, it's setting a shit example. <laughs> What's the fucking point? And then, yes, the very end, when they're sitting down for dinner, and he's like, why don't you, uh, uh, Doyle, why don't you go on over to my, uh, <laughs> my jacket and, uh, and, uh, uh, and get something out of it because I want to <laughs> give it to your mom. And uh, and he's like, "Do I have to now?" Yeah, it's it's important. So like, he goes to get, and then that shitty music from when he did the card mm-hmm. the card deal, uh, the sleight of hand with the cards, starts playing, and then like Ethan Embry's, what? And he turns around, and Ed O'Neill's got a gun, mm-hmm. and he starts to point it, and and Joe Beth Williams is like, "Who?" Yeah, she, I'm like, what? <laughs> she rightfully is the only one who uh, he's uh, he's pointing a fucking, by this. but he's pointing a gun at her son <laughs> at and then the he dinner just, table, and then he just looks up and goes, <laughs> uh, "Just kidding." And then like she's like, "Oh," <laughs> yep. uh, and like everybody starts laughing. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. She doesn't know that this isn't a fucking real gun yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. Why oh, is she point. laughing? Like, why isn't this still like a, yeah, why are you pointing a gun at my son? And then he ends up fucking just pointing it he back does at it anyway. Shoot. And I don't care if it's a pellet gun or a real gun. No. Every mother I know would fucking rip that shit out of his hand eh. and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Kid had it coming. But he see, had it coming. <laughs> he only has himself to blame. Violence begets violence, Joe. This is the lesson of this movie. Yeah. That's what the sequel is going to be. It's going to be Doyle all grown up and uh, starting Fight Club. Maybe that's what it should be called instead of Dutch. Doyle. 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 Just Doyle. <laughs> and there's him. And he's like shrugging. <laughs> Perpetrating the same. Uh, yeah. It, we, towards we, it's, his child. It's, it's a horrible cycle mm-hmm. that we're perpetuating. Circle of life. Uh, I, I apologize to the listeners because we're obviously, there's like, no enthusiasm. It's Thanksgiving there's week. No, pa- no but there's no passion for this movie, and no. and I feel like we usually give them a little bit something uh, more fun, and that's the problem with Dutch. I'm <laughs> I'm good. coming back around now to what my point is. Why mm-hmm. I was saying what I'm saying about like apologizing to the listeners. It's not a fun movie. No, it, it really isn't a fun movie to come back to. Don't it was, watch this with your family. No, over the turkey. It was uh, it was it, it was embarrassing for me. Because mm-hmm. I kept yeah. thinking about my words on this podcast <laughs> last week, where I'm like, "Oh, I love Dutch," mm-hmm. and to watch it and go, "This is this the same fucking movie?" To I be watched? fair, though, you were right in that age, right? You must have been twelve. This came out in ninety-one. Yeah, man, I was that's, about 13, uh, 13, yeah. 14 years. Teenage old. years. Everything's yeah. good back then. We don't have any context. We don't know. I guess. Don't blame yourself. Don't beat yourself up, buddy. It's I don't okay. know. I, I what do I have any other? We all have. I love the shadow for the same reason. <laughs> Stirring Alec Baldwin. Soon to be an episode. <laughs> 
the editing bay. That's a good movie. I will stand up for that, though. Yeah? It's got fucking Ian McKellen in it. Oh, does it? I didn't know Ian McKellen yeah, was in dude. it. Yeah, Reinhard Lane. Somebody gets yeah, that. Yeah, no, my, my, biggest, my biggest note, and I, in fact, I wrote it in all caps, is who is the protagonist of this movie? <laughs> yep, everyone's unlike Is it Dutch? If it's Dutch, then won't positive change, uh, what positive change is he affecting in this story? Why is he our hero? Is it Doyle? He goes through a change, but he's an incessant source of antagonism. Mm-hmm. There, there's no the bad clear, outweighs the good. Yeah, there's no clear cut. Okay, this is the protagonist. This is the journey they have to go on. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell you, the protagonist is that one hooker. <laughs> no, the protagonist <laughs> is the good Samaritan couple that they see in that restaurant. There you go. Yeah, that's right. Who, <laughs> however, that's you know, weird. Like, it's a really weird sequence. In fact, they didn't even need it. No, like there should Doyle and Dutch could have just stumbled upon the shelter. Or I was going to say because they just people. end up dropping them off there. Yeah, <laughs> which, which like, is so funny. See you later. <laughs> so funny because they uh, uh, they go into this restaurant and Dutch is like, "Can the boy just clean his face?" And this woman's like, "No, this is yeah, a the nice waitress. restaurant." And I'm like, "This looks like a steak and ale. Like it does. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't look like a fancy fucking restaurant yeah. at all." And so they're like kicking them out, and this couple's like, "Excuse me." Uh, we're leaving. Are you guys in trouble? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah. And he kind of explains, like, we're on our way to Chicago. Uh, we've lost. I got robbed. We lost our money. And they're like, oh, that's horrible. Let us help you. And smash cut to them dropping them off at a fucking shelter. Yeah. I don't th- That's not. It's not really helping. That's not. That's it's not temporary helping. help. And I'm imagining them, like, have, driving them, like, 10 miles in the wrong direction. <laughs> right. It's like, great. <laughs> thanks. You made the journey longer. <laughs> exactly. Still broke. But at least now we get to meet Rose from Lost. <laughs> I like to imagine that this is Rose from Lost, and this is before she meets Bernard. This is Bernard. a prequel. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He brought her up, and then uh, maybe they were flying on their... Well, actually, where were they going in they, Lost? They, well, they were going to L.A. from Australia. Mm. No. That plane was going to Australia. Was it going to Australia? Yeah, because Jack it was, was going back. there for the funeral of his no, father. No, he was bringing his father back. Oh, shit, he was bringing him back. Did you watch the show? We have to go back, Joe. We have to go back. We have to go back. We have to go back, Kate. <laughs> this movie did so badly in the theaters that it was made like a, a constant joke on Married with Children. Yes, I noticed that. Yeah. I'm reading about it. Did you ever watch that show? Married with Children? Yeah. Fuck yes, it I was, did. It was forbade in my home. Was it? My uh, dad, not a fan of Ed O'Neill at wow. the time. Actually, that was another thing watching this movie. Every time he entered the scene, especially that first <laughs> we should recut this and just like and add just in make a, it an applause. episode. <laughs> Woo! You know, every time he would just enter the room, uh, the audience would go wild. Did you notice that uh, Ethan Embry's collar on his shirt kept getting dirty with his makeup? Aw, yeah. poor kid. Yeah, baby's first w- makeup. One of one of the notes I was like, the thing about doing a film and wearing white collared shirts, mm. sometimes they're a bitch when it comes to makeup rubbing off on them. And Ethan Embry is constantly he has like that flesh colored makeup on the collar. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, this must not have been an easy movie to shoot. A lot of outdoors, a lot of uh, inclement weather, a lot of snow, uh-huh. a lot of cold. Yeah, and uh, only like five people in the cast. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess seven if you're counting the whores. Let me see. Who did I? I always count my horse. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh wow! You did a lot. You cast ten people. You did Rose. Uh, I did not do Rose. Yeah, I did. No, I didn't. I didn't do Rose actually. Uh, All right. Yeah. So that's that's. I mean, that's all the notes. I mean, I have so much more. I have so much more that I did write, but I don't think it's important. D- the Dutch Dooley construction, like the thing that we should really be Thank focusing you. on. I was waiting for that to come into play. It never really comes into play. Hmm. It doesn't. Like, and we don't even really get an explanation of it. There's never a moment where Dutch is like, so, by the way, I'm not a blue collar worker. I happen to own. I happen to own a huge construction company in Chicago. Yeah. 
oh, okay, that's, and, you know, if you're smart and you read, you know, like, oh, okay, this family's going to be okay because he's going to be able to take care of them. Mm -hmm. But that also kind of, I don't know, that cheapens things for me where it's like, oh, well. He still gets to be rich. Yeah, he still gets to be a rich kid. Uh, but at least it would have been an opportunity to for him to confront the character and say, now how do you think of me? Now uh-huh. that you know, I can support and I have yeah. money. And, you know, Not does just, that change your and opinion? See, and it shouldn't. In, instead, of, instead of punching him in the fucking... <laughs> Instead of punching him in the head, there should have been something like that, though. Yeah, yeah. Where oh, like yeah. maybe, maybe he does. It's it, it, he. He's. You know what? Maybe Christopher McDonald's like, well, I want reimbursement for this, 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 this. And then Dutch is like, you know what? Just whips out. Here you go. Bill my office. You know, call my office on mm-hmm, Monday mm-hmm. and send me the bill. And that's when he grabs the card and he's like, wait, you're. And you know what? Work it out so that way Christopher McDonald somehow is like doing business without knowing it he's in the middle of a big deal that he's mm. trying to close with Dutch Dooley like oh. with his with the Dooley construction company and so like this whole time he doesn't know that he's trying to close a deal with this guy's company and he's completely fucked himself and loses his money because of oh, it would have been a nice that, twist that would have been a nice twist and it fucking it takes out the whole like let me punch you in the fucking right. head resorting to violence yeah. yeah all you have to do is be just a little bit smarter about it so yeah, there you go. Do you have anything else that you want to touch? Man, on? I really don't. This is not a fun movie. It wasn't. A fu- I, it I was wasn't. hoping it was going to be fun to make. Fun I was of. too. Oh. I really was. And and the thing was, you know, if we we try to avoid planes, trains, and automobiles because we, should have just fucking we done both that movie. love that movie. Yeah. And maybe we should have done it. Maybe we'd go back to it and go, oh, oh that, that oh, wasn't oh, what I thought oh, it was God. going to be. But yeah. God, that movie's so fucking good. It's fun. It's Actually, so good. I read somewhere that uh, John Candy was uh, considered for the role of Dutch. Was he really? Actually, yeah. When did he die? He was still alive, right? Yeah, he died in 94. Okay, so yeah, yeah. He, instead he did Canadian, Canadian Bacon, bacon. Oh. and Wagons East. Oh, God. Mm. Oh. Rest in peace, John Candy. Wait, did he do Wagons East? Mm-hmm. That was his That actual, wasn't Chris Farley? That was his final film. No, it was. Oh. No, it, it, no. it was John Candy. Yeah, uh, yeah Chris Farley's John... final film was uh, The Ninja. Almost Heroes. No. Yes. It was Almost Heroes. What's that? It was the one with Matthew Perry. I have no knowledge of this existing. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, no. uh, Wagons East was uh, Richard Lewis. Uh, Yep, yep, yep. And and John Candy. That's right. I forgot about that. John Candy. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. Is there another? Is there a better kind? John Candy's best movie. What do you think his best movie is? Hmm. I want to say Uncle Buck. What? Uh, Although Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is pretty good. Uh, you know what? You can make a case for Splash too. He's yeah. great in Splash. A movie, it's not really his movie though. There's a, there's a movie that like a lot of people bag on, and technically it's really weak. Like uh, it's it's got some bad faux pas, but yeah, there's something about the Great Outdoors that oh, I enjoy. Like, I almost said that too. I like that movie. That's for a fun some movie. I like that movie. Lips a lot. and assholes. <laughs> 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 All right. So uh, what did? What was this movie? Like? What did Dutch? <laughs> what did Dutch do Hang right? Down your head, Dutch Dooley. Uh, what did it do right? Um, Dudley do right. The, oh gosh, I wrote down two what it did wrongs and not one <laughs> what it did right. <laughs> so I'm reading them here. Um, this is why I can't do this at work. I don't know how you do it, Joe. Uh, gosh, what did it do right? Okay, um, you know, Ed. O- I- I'll tell you what it did right because up until this point, Ed O'Neill had just been. Um, I can't even think. Uh, Paul, Paul Bundy, Paul Blart, Paul Blart, Al Bundy, Paul Blart, Paul Blart. He just met no, Al Bundy. He had done some movies before this. Yeah, but but everybody knew him as Al the Bundy. The Adventures right? of Ford Fairlane. Again, everybody it's booty knew time, him. booty time. Is that his line? Across the USA. I have no idea. He's what... a detective. 
Yeah. Then that's him doing that line. Yeah, he's singing "Booty Time" because he's he used to be a disco singer mm. who's become a, a police detective, and he can't stand Ford Fairlane. Oh, that, okay. Yeah, but that, that was like a come year before, before this, this, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, when did right. Dream Team come out? There was also Dream mm. Team with Michael Keaton. He was a. Uh, oh no, it wasn't Dream Team. It was some other movie with. Uh, yeah, where, uh, where, where Michael Keaton's crazy. No, 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 no. But it was a different movie. It wasn't. It wasn't Dream Team. Oh. It was a. Uh, it had uh, what's his name, the guy who played the Indian in Young Guns, uh, Lou Johnny Diamond Depp. Phillips. <laughs> yes, it was Johnny Depp. <laughs> Toto. Lou, Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> Toto. <laughs> uh, shit. It was Ed O'Neill and Lou Diamond Phillips. There you go. He's got it. Oh, he was in Little Giants. Oh, I love there that you movie. Go. Okay, I, I really see, liked that that's movie where he started a lot. to come into his own. And and he's great now. I feel like uh, he really fits in. Nineteen ninety. Oh wow! Look at that. There it is, right there. Uh, disorganized crime. Oh, I remember he did in nineteen eighty nine. He did that the disorganized crime in eighty nine, uh, and then he did yes, uh, Ford Fairlane in ninety, and Wayne's World. I totally forgot he was the uh, the guy who works at the donut shop. Oh shit! Was like, and when you kill a man in the in the throes of passion. <laughs> <laughs> but this it, is th- this was like his first leading role, right? Uh yeah, I mean yeah, you know yeah. not an ensemble piece anyway yeah um so he for me he still had the burden of Al Bundy uh, again which was uh, I, I didn't get I didn't appreciate the humor of that show too young I just knew it was like raunchy that and, movie uh, that that show's got some golden fucking moments Married with Children yeah. Married with Children is 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 great yeah I think it's right up there with Cheers and Seinfeld uh-huh. and uh, sitcoms of old but um. He hadn't really kind of proven himself in, in film, I think, or as a leading man. And I thought he was endearing in this. Yeah. Lovable. And as I said, like he's always trying to point this kid in the right direction for the most part, whether his methods are, are, are sound or not. But but when he when he wrecks the car, when that kid fucking parks a car in the middle and and a semi hits it, uh-huh. that's when the gravity of the of the situation. That's the first time when he's like, "Listen, this is some serious shit." Yeah, but the thing this is, is that's game. also when things get too serious just for the movie. Mm-hmm. Like that gets too fucking real. Where he's like going through the wreckage trying to find yeah. Doyle, and then this he starts is- climbing up the embankment, and Doyle shows up, and he's like, "I guess that makes us even now, doesn't oh, it?" Fucking kid. And um and like he looks at him and um. I'm thinking like, oh, he's about to like realize this child is troubled. Like, I need yeah. to get him to he's someone, serious. a professional, uh, some kind of professional help because this is this is these are the actions of a psychotic child. <laughs> uh, and no, it just <laughs> he pays off the fucking the trucker. I'd have whooped your ass if it weren't yeah, for, your for your daddy. daddy. Uh, okay, so so that's what I thought he did right. He's that, Ed O'Neill. Uh, I thought it was a nice out uh, outcoming for him. I thought Ed o- I think Ed O'Neill's coming good. out. Ed O'Neill. Fits a niche, and he does really well in that very narrow space. I mean, you could basically say that his character in Modern Family is Al Bundy, all grown up, all grown like even more grown up, uh, but a softer, gentler. Exactly, but he fits that, and he does that one thing really well. Like Jason Statham, he's the Jason Statham of schlubby old guys. <laughs> the thing is, Ed O'Neill, he's not a very handsome man. No, he's not very charismatic. Uh. He's hard to look at. He's a little. I was about to say the camera doesn't really love Ed O'Neill <laughs> no, very much. It's the nose and the shape of his mouth. Yeah, the shape of his head, especially a young and his head. eyes. He's got these weird, like deep, sunken in eyes. It's weird to say, but he's actually. It took him sixty years, but he's grown into his face. He looks a lot better <laughs> old yes. than he did young. Yeah, uh, not holding up. So yeah, that that was that's part of it too. I think that that affects your 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 ability to empathize with this character because yeah. he's 
He's it, untrustworthy man, looking. There's something to be said for just like having that look, mm-hmm. finding someone who has that look. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ed O'Neill does not have that. Okay, I'm excited. What did for I think? Recast. What did I think? Dutch did right. Yes. Um, I think the. Uh, I don't know. I think there was something very genuine about the locations. <laughs> it was snow. It having was nothing but having, white as far as Having I made that road trip from Texas to New York several times, oh, yeah. there was something very genuine about that feel, about mm-hmm. driving and like, okay, wow. You know, this you know feels, what? This does not feel like you guys just drove through a Hollywood back lot. It feels pretty genuine. That is a great point, especially when you brought up Guilt Trip earlier. And that was a movie that was supposed to go from like coast to coast, New York yeah. to L.A. And it looked like it they, felt were like they were in the same different block. parts of California. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, this one, you can tell. Yeah, they weren't in the locations. And, and they they drove this route. John Hughes and the director and somebody else, like they, they did a little road trip looking what? for an authentic route. Through did the they Carolinas really? They road stuff. tripped? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, oh, yeah and yeah. ended up shooting in a lot of the locations they came you have location scouts. I, I, this is a this is a studio financed vacation. That's what this <laughs> yes. was. We're gonna get some coke and some hookers. That's probably where they cast <laughs> they the hookers. That's too. where they got the hookers EG, from. Uh, like, remember that was. time? That time we got robbed by those hookers <laughs> when we were location scouting this and, movie. And one of them squirted lotion into my op- my agape mouth. Oh as my I god! Was sleeping. For all intents and purposes, <laughs> the fucking the the fucking cum shot. That's enough to get this movie in our rating. Yeah. in my book. Like, uh, just like sixteen candles, we get a fucking f bomb. Within, oh, like, right. the first five minutes of this movie. That's right. And that's it. Defective. That's the only time we hear it. Uh, all right, so what did this movie do wrong, Joel? Well, what are the two things <laughs> that this movie did wrong? Well, one I wrote that just the funny parts aren't funny. Uh, again, talking about the slapstick humor of it, the pratfalls. Like, it's, it, it felt out of place in a movie yeah. like this. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I just feel like the, the negative experiences that you have to sit through in this movie far outweigh any positive experiences. That is true. You may think some of it's funny. You may think parts are endearing. You may like the uh, uh, the homeless rose. You may like the hookers. Mm-hmm. Lord knows I do. But none of that outweighs the fact that this fucking kid, I just wanted to strangle him for mm-hmm. the first time he's on this, on, on screen. Uh, Christopher McDonald is fun, but he's still too mean to be fun. Yeah. Joe Beth is a zero. And then that just leaves you with Ed O'Neill, who's trying to carry the weight of this movie on his shoulders, and it doesn't work. If you ever want to see Christopher McDonald balance a villain role Mm -hmm. in a way that makes you fucking enjoy him and love him, uh, I mean, he's great in Iron Giant, but he's not what really shines about Iron Giant. Uh, But Shooter McGavin is such an amazing villainous character because, like, not only is he a a dipshit and and just an asshole, Mm -hmm. but... He's also like, he's also got his faults. <laughs> like, okay, the best example I can think of this is where he's like, he gets up in Happy Gilmore's face and mm-hmm. he's like, "It's on. I eat pieces of shit like <laughs> you for breakfast. <laughs> you eat pieces. <laughs> you eat pieces of shit for breakfast." <laughs> and he just looks at me, goes, "No," no. <laughs> and then walks off. Like that's that's played really well, and it still stands up. Like that delivery's fucking amazing. You know what? I know they're doing a live action Beauty and the Beast. He'd be a great guest on about ten years ago. Yeah, he would have been. He's he, kind of strapping and <laughs> could be considered handsome. Yeah, not in this movie with, with that no. with that nut tickler mustache he's got. <laughs> he's rocking. Uh, so what this movie did uh, did wrong for me? <laughs> yeah. was the uh, just like I said earlier in this podcast that. It felt like it was all the stuff that wasn't good enough to make it into planes, trains, and automobiles, and so they just kind of decided to slap a movie around it. Mm-hmm. And that's a fucking problem. You know, if if the heart isn't there, if the intent isn't there when you first start to try to create it, then maybe it doesn't it doesn't need to be made. And 
if you're going to do this, then make sure you're focusing on the right things. That, you know, if you're going to have a child in a movie who's who acts like a dick, let's explore why. You know, let's let's see that in action. Let's see Doyle instead of seeing Doyle bully a kid <laughs> yeah. and then suddenly see people throw airplanes, paper airplanes at him and like make fun of him. How about we see that he's made fun of a lot? He has no friends. Yeah. Nobody talks to him. They all avoid him. Mm-hmm. And that makes him build up his wall. No one takes the time. No one at his school has taken the time to try to get to know him, so he's bitter about it. Let's not see him shoo them away and treat them like shit. Yeah. Let's just see him be isolated. Mm-hmm. So that way we can we can sympathize. Like, oh shit, you know, this kid is bullied and he's he's made fun of at school and he's avoided and that's why he's he's lashing out. Yeah. He can lash out at Dutch because he, he, Dutch doesn't know him, and mm-hmm. he doesn't know Dutch, so he's able to do that. Uh, and he's able to be the man that he thinks his father wants him to mm-hmm. be. Play off of that. Play off those emotions a little bit more and those motivations. Uh, and I think you would have just you'd you'd strengthen this movie even you know by, by about twenty five percent. You'd you'd strengthen That's substantial. it substantial and make it at least you know. A, 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 a little bit more enjoyable and, and satisfying by the time you get to the payoff. Yeah. Uh, no, this this movie had no heart. It, it really had no heart. There was, yeah. It was just on this weird life support from the first second. Yeah, they're on a road to nowhere. The road to nowhere <laughs> leads to resist. me. Uh, all right, so if we were to yeah. remake Dutch now, Dutch 2015. <laughs> uh, how would we do that, Joel? I have six recasts. I have the the mains, of course. I did the hookers. I have ten, like I said. Wow. Uh, you want me to just blow through mine real quick? Yeah, then? because I've got a theme. Okay. Ah, love it when you have a theme. Well, let me start off with uh, the hookers then, the aforementioned. Uh, Brock and Haley are the uh, the characters' names. Well, <laughs> do you remember the actresses' names? Uh, there's E.G. Daly. Yeah. And then there's the one the who's kind one. of got like a duck face who's been in everything in the 80s. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so I went with, how about uh, Blake Lively and Allison Hannigan? Nice. That's my, my, my ladies of the night. Every time, anytime we can try to throw Allison Hannigan in something, yeah. I'm, I'm okay Especially with that. comedy. That's kind of a comedic role. Yeah. She doesn't quite have the bosom to pull off that particular role, but, mm-hmm. you know. Just give her a flute. She was like the hooker with the heart of gold. <laughs> Just give her a flute. <laughs> um, cr- let's do... I'm the pie fucker. Let's <laughs> <laughs> let's do Joe Beth Williams. She's yeah, the mother. Let's do her. That we see her at the beginning of the end. She's kind of a well. I, no, you know what? I got to save that because she she pairs along with my Ed O'Neill. Okay. So let me go back to uh, Christopher McDonald. He's the bad guy. The, what uh, a fool who believes. And that mustache that he's rocking uh, couldn't help but think of uh, Bill Paxton from uh, <laughs> from Weird Science. Exactly. So I'm gonna recast Bill Paxton in that role. <laughs> he could be kind of a dick. Uh, the little boy. <laughs> I know he's like, what is he, like a 9 or 10-year-old in this? I, I really want to go a little older just because I want to cast this kid. Um, when, you, when you're looking for um, bratty, snot-nosed kids, um, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I have seen that kid, the Gleason, Jack Gleason, Jack playing Gleason. Joffrey. Man, you just want to smack that kid with something yeah. that smells. Uh, so like I would get cock. to... Uh, that's that's where I was leading. Yeah. That's where uh, I would recast Ethan Embry as that kid. Uh, and then finally, the Ed O'Neill and Joe Beth Williams. Joe Beth Williams, the mother. I'm going to cast Megan Mullally in that role. Hey! Because she would pair nicely with the Ed O'Neill Dutch character of, uh, how about Nick Offerman? How about Nick Offerman is Dutch? Uh-huh. He's got that mustache. Uh, you could see him. 
a, a smaller kid getting the best of him, but him him taking it. Someone in getting stride. the best, the, the best, best, the best, the best of you. you. All right, well, Foo Fighters there for your Thanksgiving. <laughs> thanks episode. for uh, thanks for explaining who that is. There's my uh, oh, and then of course uh, my directors, my directors this time because I'm gonna get the uh, the duo of Chris Miller and Phil Lord. Oh, nice, from, yeah. Uh, Everything is awesome. Yes, from Lego Movie and uh, the upcoming Han Solo Star Wars anthology movie. I'm Han Solo. Right? I'm Han. <laughs> Uh, all right. Okay, so uh, mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mine? <laughs> this is going to be fun. This is going to be very fun. Mm-hmm. So I've got a theme with mine. Uh, the Call Girls, mm-hmm. going to be played by Kristen Wiig and Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Waitress at the Diner, uh-huh. played oh, by God. Melissa McCarthy. Oh, jeez. Uh, the, the Good Samaritan Couple, mm-hmm. played by Rashida Jones and Rob Lowe. I know exactly where you're going. The Truck Driver, played by Chris Pratt. Oh, I'll get him in there. Uh, so, <laughs> Doyle Standish, mm-hmm. the the little boy, played by Aziz Ansari. <laughs> Reed Standish, the Chris uh, McDonald yep. character, yep. played by Adam Scott. Uh, oh, Natalie wow. Standish, Doyle's mother, played by Amy Poehler. Okay, yep. Dutch Dooley, played by Nick Offerman. Nice. I can't believe <laughs> we were, that. We were on the same page with that. Was there a particular movie you're pulling from? Parks and Rec. Oh, you, oh, you're just pulling from the show. Okay. <laughs> from, from Parks and Rec. Well, I got all the people, but for well, well for the second, first ones, I, I started off with Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy because my director's Paul Feig. Okay, there you go. The, the Kristen Wiig threw me off. I thought you were going Bridesmaids because yeah. all those people were in Bridesmaids yes. for the most part. Yeah. Wow, what are the chances? Look we went Nick Offerman. Yeah, right? That's so impressive. It's a sign, Joe. Uh, that Nick Offerman needs to be Dutch. <laughs> know that the world is coming to an end. My name's Dutch Dooley. <laughs> I believe in woodworking. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be fun, though. Uh, all right, hold on one second. So uh, if you've got any thoughts about how we've cast Dutch, if you've got any thoughts about Dutch, if you're a Dutch apologist, yeah. Hit us back on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We've got a Facebook Somebody. page. Uh, in your search bar, go ahead and put in the editing bay. Find the woman with the bleeding eyes. That's us. That's where you can talk back to us uh, and not only tell us about what you thought about this movie or what we had to say about it or, or a lack of enthusiasm after having to revisit that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've got a film that you'd like to suggest for us to watch in the future, that is where you can do that. We've also got a website, right, Joel? We sure do. It is editingbay.com. You know how to spell. You can type that in your little browser there. And if you don't, do a Google search, Editing Bay. It'll show up. Uh, not the Editing Bay, because that is a uh, that is a competing podcast. We don't recognize them here. We don't mention their names. The Edit Bay. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> that's, our, that's our podcast. Guitars, the Cadillacs, but I, Hillbilly Music. <laughs> EditingBay.com. So we've got... Uh, Editing O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> our, I'm just going to put a big JPEG of Nick Offerman as our, as our uh, homepage. That's there. good. Uh, it might get more traffic than what we're getting now, but only because I haven't updated in a while. But that's about to change because we're coming up year end. We're in the holiday season. We got the Eddie Awards, the 2016 Eddie Awards, that's coming right. around the oh, corner. God, that's gonna be so fun. Choo choo! Come so on, ride that train. You'll do uh, and ride it. We'll get to do what we did last year, where uh, we'll, we'll up, uh, upload some clips and give uh, you the the listener. The I was v- gonna say viewer. The viewer. You the listener uh, get to decide who are the winners this year. So look for that in the coming weeks um, as we we pull into the. The end of this year, the end of the 2016 season. Yes, I can't believe we're almost another year down. Also follow us on Twitter, at The Editing Bay. <laughs> right. I'm done now. Uh, all right, so if you... uh <laughs> doing a face You get us on your Apple device, you can always leave us a rating and review. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, just on the podcasting app, 
uh, go ahead and click on that and then type in Next Wave Radio. That's going to bring up all of our shows. But go ahead and tap on the editing bay and leave us a five-star rating and a review if you would please. And then tell your friends about it so that way they can do the same thing. Uh, And then while you're there, go ahead and show some love to our other Next Wave shows like MVP, the most valuable podcast with Matthew and Danny talking about sports and sports entertainment. And we've got My Comic Life with Jeff and Sam. What are you guys talking about this week? Not a goddamn thing. Oh! Oh, You guys take off more than... You um, take on... (laughs) Take on me. Take on me. me. I'm just telling you, if if podcasts qualified for food stamps... My comic life <laughs> would be all over it. Uh, all right. So the uh, – what, what, what else? Oh, oh, next week. Ooh. Next week. You got something picked out, man? Yeah, because I'm assuming that got? we're going to go ahead and uh, – hold on. Yeah, we're going to go ahead backtrack and, this, right? We're going to save the force – or we're going to save episode three mm-hmm. for the week of the 12th. Yes. Or wait, wait, or wait, wait. Or the wait, 14th. Of the 14th. Yes. Monday the 14th. The yeah. 14th. So you'll know. We're going to be talking about it then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, because I was like, well, maybe we should do Star Wars this week? or No. Good. Uh, no. I think we should save that for the week that The Force Awakens come out. Agreed. So that way we can go ahead and Synergy, get our, get our Star Wars Synergy. Out. Synergy. <laughs> this is the way I like to say it. Uh, Revenge of the Synergy. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> I've been talking about this movie with Sarah for a while. I've mm-hmm. never seen it. But we've been actively engaging in this latest season of Dancing with the Stars. Yes, and uh, one of the one of the dancers from Dancing with the Stars did a movie a few years ago. Oh God! Uh, in fact, the movie was like filmed in 2010, 2011, and it didn't see a release until oh. 2014. <laughs> wow, that is <laughs> never a good sign. And so <laughs> we're gonna watch Derek Huff's Make Your Move. Ooh, oh, is this a dancing movie? Yes. Sir. Oh man, is Julianne Huff in it at least? I don't think so. Oh, so I can't. I, don't I know, right? Then looking he, at her, he won't even have a love interest if his sister's. <laughs> <laughs> Make your move, starring oh, Derek Huff. Man, I don't. I. It's uh, like Romeo and Juliet if Juliet was Japanese. Was this even a theatrical release? Uh, Does this I think count? It, I think it was. We're gonna have to consult the board. I think. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna be talking about this. We're going super bad. On this movie, we're gonna go. We're going. I super wish we bad were doing super bad. I think that it's going to be a big difference between what we had, the energy that we had for this one. <laughs> I think that energy is going to be pumped up oh, next yeah? week. We're for, gonna funnel it, channel it. Oh yeah, into our hatred. And then we're gonna dance, feel it. We're gonna coursing through. We're you. gonna Im- imp- <laughs> we're gonna do some like some freestyle dance while we're doing the podcast. <laughs> you want this? <laughs> good strength. Good. good. <laughs> Track me down. Take with it. the weapon. <laughs> Strike me down with all of your hatred, and then your journey toward the dark side will be complete. (laughs) (laughs) We both did the thing with our mouths. Pop the (laughs) T. All right, so next week, Derek Huffs, make your move right here on the editing bay. Uh, Thank you very much, Jeff. Now you can get out here and go on a date. When you go on a date, you put on a shirt, and then you ride your bike to the date. (laughs) Joel, thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you, sir. We'll catch you guys next week. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.